Welcome to Pro Soccer Weekly. Pro Soccer Weekly. Welcome to Pro Soccer Weekly. My name is Phil Nason. They call me the Flash. My hosts are on the line. They call them the men with cash. Please welcome Eric Laurendini and Gary Lewis to their own show. What's happening, fellas? Good evening, Philip. Good evening, Eric. How's everything? Everything is just fantastic. Thank you for asking. And, everything is uh, flashtacular here in Ohio. <laughs> that was for my special fan. Anyway, <laughs> just, soccer, just one fun. Soccer. You know what? There's so many <laughs> things going on in the world today. Uh, we needed a distraction <laughs> from this. That's why we do Pro Soccer Weekly, to be your weekly distraction and to make you lots of money out there. We have picks at cashwithflash.com. We're killing the Champions League. We're killing the EPL. We're killing the Bundesliga. Belarusian League killed us, so we gave it away. But we also have this podcast every week. You can find it and all the rest of the great material that we do at philnasonshow.com. So what did you guys think about Match Day 3, fellas? Go ahead. Give us your thoughts about Match Day 3 overall, if you, if you have a minute. Well, can I just start by saying Man United sucked? Woo! <laughs> Are you sure? Agreed. Agreed. Oh, honest, 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 honestly, I mean, you know, the whipping boys of the group um, obviously handed handed Man U their arse last night. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the um, seen seen the um, first goal. Um, embarrassing is being extremely kind. I mean, you know, there's there's been there's been uproar today in the in the national newspapers and on. Um, social media platforms about um, Bazakashir. Their their first goal came from a Man U corner, and basically what happened was Man U took everybody forward without realizing that there was one of their players still stood in his own half on his own, which was Demba Bar. Um, obviously, <laughs> you know, no no stranger to Demba Bar. He was he was with Chelsea. Um, you know, a, a good striker. You know, he's he's in the latter years of his career. Um, lost a yard of pace, but it was it was it it was one of the moments where you look at it and you think, did that did did that actually happen? You know, I mean, we 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 work on things like this from sort of under tens, under elevens, under twelves, all the way up through the ranks up to first team level. You know, you you send your your, your boys forward, and you know you count the numbers. At the back, so if they've got two players up top, you'll have two players marking. You'll have one in front, so you you, you know you two v three in favour. But everybody was sort of ahead of Denver Bar, and he was stood in his own half, a good ten yards in his own half. Oh, listen, I mean, I could wax lyrical all night about it. That was um, that was that that was you know unbelievable for me. Um, you listen, it was it was um, it was a, a really good match day three. I think the biggest result. For me, was um, was the Liverpool Atalanta game. Uh, who saw that coming? I mean, I think I called the goals, you know, in terms of the over three or the over three point five. But you know, for Liverpool to actually go away from home in Bergamo and um, and and win five nil was um, was absolutely superb. Man City looked really good last night. Um, pretty much, you know, routine performance. Um, oh, sorry, Tuesday. Against Olympiacos, Phil, you'd be happy to know. Oh right, um, yeah, Real Olympiacos, yeah, yeah. I was, I was hoping for the bus not to. Uh, I was hoping for the bus to break down for both teams. 
<laughs> all the airport clubs. Yeah, just leave them stranded somewhere for a few You know hours. what I mean? And they both take, yeah. a, both um, of them take a forfeit and lose their points. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that was a non-event really last night. I mean, I think nah. the, the, the munching Gladbach, I mean, listen, maybe these are the guys that we need to start concentrating on a little bit more. Borussia, uh, munching Gladbach, 6-0 away uh, to Donetsk in the, in, in the Ukraine. Um, Bayern Munich, 6-2. Really good performance from them. Um, I think the PSG... Uh, sorry, the Leipzig PSG game was um, was a surprise. Um, although, obviously, once we sent our picks out, Mbappe pulled out of the game. Um, PSG were cruising really, and um, you know could have been two 0 ahead had uh, Di Maria not missed a penalty. So that game could have gone either way. And then Leipzig actually, you know, grew a pair, come out the second half. They got a goal before half time, which is always a, you know, a, it changes the team talk at half time. To be fair, um, and they and they did well and really dominated the uh, the second half. PSG had the chances. Um, you know, the, the problem with PSG is obviously they used to win in week in week out in the, in the French league, as we've spoke about on many occasions. You know, and when things go start going against them and decisions start going the way, lack of discipline creeps in, and obviously you know they finished the game with um, with two red cards. So you know they're not they're not in good shape at the moment. But there's a there's another round to go. You know, so that 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 group for me is uh, is absolutely wide open. What do you think, Eck? Listen, going back and visiting, revisiting the United uh, scenario and and that goal that was that was just a, a massive brain fart on their part. Seriously, they just you know <laughs> I I, and I you know what I think they were also smelling blood in the water. They had everybody forward for that corner. They just anticipated that that was going to be their moment. They were going to go up one nail and, and boy, did that backfire on them. Um, I mean, it's just there's there's no reason that a team of, of that quality it should let anything like that happen. And, you know, again, the quicker we move on from that, the better, particularly for any United fans. Um, the uh, uh, PSG uh, Leipzig game. Not really surprised uh, with the result there. You know, um, I, I anticipated Leipzig would come back and and get themselves into the game. Um, I, I think that uh, there's still a side to be reckoned, and I think they're still trying to figure some things out. But what an important three points, uh, you know, for them, uh, and and a loss of three points for PSG. That's going to make that group really, really exciting. Uh, with a combination of the events that happened uh, this 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 week, um, I, I just think that uh, who knows what's going to happen there. Um, anybody falters, you know, they're going to find their way, self on the way out. And uh, my hope is just that it's not United uh, that they're going to get through. They have to pick it up. They can't be dropping points to the Turkish league champion. Uh, that's just not something you need to do. Everybody else is going to get points off of them, and, and they, they're going to need a better second leg uh, in that regard. Um, you know, Bayern, not much to say about them. Uh, you know, they're cruising. Uh, Atletico, a, a little bit surprised there with, with the draw. Um, I mean, that's kind of leaving that group a little bit wide open for the second spot. Um, you know, they've been disappointing, uh, to you know, the, thus far, uh, especially since I think – I think we were all on the same page and saying that they were clearly going to go through as number two. Uh, but again, no, nothing certain in, in that group. Um, Gladback again, showing, uh, really showing, you know, with a dominant performance that they're a side to be uh, contended with. 
um, you know, inner, I'm a little unsure as to where they're going to be in, in that group. They, they need more goals, you know, to convert their ties to wins. I think that's been their biggest problem, uh, yeah, I agree. You, you know, at, at, at this point. But, you know, just, just looking at, like, there were 62 goals scored this this round of, you know, of Champions League play. I don't know if that's a record of some sort, and I'm going to have to look further into that. But that just seems like a huge number. 62 well, it's gotta goals. Be up there. It's got to be up there. Um, I mean, there was something mentioned here on Sky Sports Eric, about that. Um, you know, the, the the amount of goals scored by away teams as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's been uh, it's it's been crazy. And this this leg. And again, I didn't look back at, at at match day one and two to see what the goals were scored there. But this just seemed like a ridiculously high number. Uh, Atlanta, very, very disappointed. And, and as you said, who could have predicted that? Um that outcome, I just I, I don't think anybody did. Um, I think we were anticipating a high-scoring game, uh, 2-2, 3-2 perhaps, but certainly not, you know, the outcome that uh, that that uh, that we saw here. Um, Atlanta is typically a very attack-minded team. Uh, they've just not been able to convert, you know, enough of their chances. Uh, they're going to have to turn this around if, if they're going to want to get through because Ajax is just sort of hanging around. You know they're 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 getting the ties with it at Atlanta. They get a you know a win that was expected over Michelin. Um, you know if Atlanta keeps uh, letting IX hang around, they might they might find uh, IX might find themselves uh, going through. Chelsea, no surprise there. Uh, Sevilla, exciting. It was an exciting game for sure. Um, down two nil. Uh, to a team that they probably shouldn't be down two nil to, but they found a way to rally and and to come back. Uh, so I think, um, you know, that's kept their hopes alive, certainly, you know, to ensure that they're going to go through with, with Chelsea. Um, yeah, that's where I'm seeing this group right now. I think group H still is, you know, is up for grabs United Paris, Leipzig, none of them doing enough to really, to really make themselves the standout team in that group and up for grabs. Up for grabs. But you know, I think People are being a little too hard on Manchester United. You know, playing in Turkey is not easy. I don't care if they're fans or not. I mean, if you ever played there, you know. If you haven't played there, then maybe you don't know. Maybe that's why sometimes people say things on Twitter that they shouldn't, like they suck. Manchester United doesn't suck. They're going to come through this division, this group. Who's going to stop them? Okay, Leipzig. Leipzig looked good again. You're right, right? They look good again. They didn't look bad against... Uh, Manchester United, they just weren't as, well, they were on the road <laughs> at Old Trafford. I think this post-COVID time is tough for to pick winners. It's also tough for home teams because these guys, these average guys generally play better at home than they do on the road, and there's no reason for them to, nobody's going to be on their ass when they uh, mess up, and that's important too. Um, Mochen Gladbach, that's my team. Um, I like them, I think. And they were our free pick of the week, and we got that one right. And, like, we got most of them right. So we're in good shape with the Champions League. We've got a few weeks off from Champions League. But I think the biggest highlight from this week, scoring 100 goals seems like a lot in a game where one or two goals is all that usually happens per match. Sergio Ramos scored his 100th goal as a member of the Real Madrid football team. That's big. And especially doing so in Champions League. That's big. 
and doing so as a defender, that's even bigger. What do you think about Sergio Ramos, guys? Well, listen, uh, Phil, the key word there was defender. I mean, this, I, I, you know, we've spoke about this off air and I, I, this guy, I could speak about this guy for hours on end. Um, if we just look at his statistics, I mean, I think it's, it's actually 103 goals he scored for, um, for, for Real Madrid. I think he scored 127 goals in total for club and country. We have... Um, we have a um, TV program over here. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys might have seen it. It's called the uh, Premier League 100 Club. And that's basically strikers or midfielders who've scored 100 goals in the Premier League. And there's never a defender in there. There is there is no defenders in there whatsoever. And there hasn't been for the last 28 years since the Premier League has, has been going. For this guy to score... 127 goals across all competitions. And now, now, you know, let's think about the competitions that he's playing in. He's not playing in tin pot competitions. He's playing. He, he's he's been he's been eating at the the top table throughout his whole career. I mean, you know, you you just look at his um his his the honours that he's won. He's won one World Cup, two European Championships, four Champions League, uh, Champions Leagues. He's won five league titles with uh, with Real. Two Spanish Cups, two, uh, four Spanish Super Cups, four FIFA Club World Cups, and three UEFA Super Cups. Um, so, I mean, to say he's had a decorated career would be would be an understatement. This guy epitomises everything that you want in a central defender. Um, first and foremost, he's he's hard as nails. He's as hard as a coffin nail. He he, he he's a leader. He's a born leader but he can also play I mean you know you could put him in any position on 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 the field and he would be the best player on the pitch I 100% believe that he is the best I've ever seen um, in terms of being a central defender yes he's got his issues he's extremely aggressive which isn't a problem but obviously you know you look at his red cards he's had 26 red cards in his career and some some way over 200 yellow cards, you know, which shows you his desire and his determination and his will to win for, you know, for the cause. Um, but for me, he's, he's, he's probably one of the best defenders I've, I've ever seen. I mean, you know, if you, if you could, you know, parents come up to me and say, who can I watch? Who can my son watch if they're a defender? And, you know, 10 times out of 10, I would say, listen, go and watch Sergio Ramos. Go and have a look at what he does. You know, he's, he's played right back. He's played, you know, anywhere across that back line. He's played in midfield. He plays as a striker. Uh, sometimes, if um, if if like like Real, you know, the situation with Real and Donetsk the other week, um, and when they played um, when they played Munch and Gladbach, he, he he set the, uh, the the first goal up. I mean, he's listen. The thing is as well, he's in really good company. I didn't really realize this until I, I you know, I was researching it. You know the, the likes of Franz Beckenbauer, who's obviously arguably one of the, you know, the best central defenders ever to play the game. The German, he scored 109 goals. Roberto Carlos, the Brazilian, 113 goals from left back. Steve Bruce, who's one of our own, who's new, who's the Newcastle manager. He spent years and years and years at Manchester United. He scored 113 goals. Uh, Laurent Blanc, French guy who was with Man United um, and and played most of his time. Um, abroad, he scored 153 goals. Uh, Ronald Koeman, interestingly enough, who's the manager of Barcelona, 
he scored 253 goals. And the biggest, the most interesting one for me was Fernando Hierro, who again was probably one of the best centre-halves I've ever seen um, as I was growing up as a, as a teenager and into me sort of late teens, early 20s. Um, he, was, he, he was the hero of, of Real Madrid. Um, and Sergio Ramos has more than stepped up uh, to fill those shoes. So, listen, I, like I say, I could wax lyrical about this guy all, all, all day and fair play to the guy. I, I have to agree <clears throat> with, uh, you know, Gaz's assessment of, uh, of Ramos. Um, I mean, his team is far better with him in the side. There's no question about that. They have had struggles when he was out just to show you the value that he brings to, um, to this side. Uh, and clearly he is in, in some prominent company as far as, um, <clears throat> you know, being a central defender and scoring the amount of goals uh, that, that he has. Um, <clears throat> you know, Gaz said he's, a, you're, he's everything you want in a, in a defender, uh, which I'll agree with. However, he's not your prototypical physical uh, defender in, in stature. Um, but what he brings in, in reading and understanding the game passion, desire, willingness to win, um, you know, having the ability to, to impact his team going forward uh, and play a crit critical role in not just defending, but uh, in, in attacking. Um, you know, I think he, he will definitely go down in history as, as one of the best to, to play that position. Uh, and again, to Gaz's point, any, any player of his mindset or of his stature or who has achieved the accomplishments that he has is going to have some off the field drama. He's going to have some, you know, psychological issues to, to contend with. And that just goes along with, with being a player of, of that in that capacity uh, and someone who, who is meant as much to his team, both internationally and, and uh, club. Uh, over the years that that he's been there uh, again you know they are a far better squad with him in it than with with him out for sure well that's just it you know some people are competitive to a fault and that's a bad thing he's just competitive and he comes out on the right side more times than he comes out on the wrong side big shout out 100 goals holy shit that's a lot of goals that's a lot of goals can you imagine scoring 100 goals at that level you know what that would take and to be a marked man, too. And to be a marked man, too. They come after him. They try to goad him all the time, don't they? I watched. I used to watch Real Madrid games all the time in Greece. And, and they would goad him all the time. Try to get him to do something stupid. And usually what would, that would result in a goal. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's actually getting more red cards. He's actually getting more red cards now. <laughs> well, he's getting you older, too. Yeah. In the last stages, this is it. You know, but I think they're for... Um, you know, maybe mistime challenges and maybe lacking half a yard of pace and and what have you. But you know, in the early days, he, he would he would he would go. Through, he was like a matador. He would go through bulls. Um, he's a role model for any any aspiring footballer. Period. You know, it doesn't have to be a cent cent and a half. You know, he, he's a what you know. He's his all round game and his desire and his. The biggest thing for me with him is his mentality. It's his mentality. Um, is second to none, and you know whether you're a goalkeeper, or a fullback, a winger, or a striker, a midfield, whatever it may be, him is a role model to aspire to. You know, you're not gonna, you know, fall, fall short. You're really not. Or a banker, or a plumber, or anyone for that matter. If you want to exactly, reach something yeah. high, 
there's a guy right there who does it at the uber high level and he's done it for a very long time and I don't see him quitting anytime soon. But as we get older, our tolerance for stupidity becomes less, I think. Um, when you're competing, it does. You know, in the real world, eh, you just blow them off and keep moving. You can't do that when you're playing. That's called experience. Yeah, that's exactly Yeah, it's called right. experience. You got to yeah. know when to hold them and know when to fold them. That was a Kenny Rogers song Correct. for all you Kenny Rogers. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, Kenny Rogers. Tunes. One of my favorite tunes. Man, he used to come to our, he used to sing at the Desert Inn every year. And he was fantastic. What right. a great guy. Plus, yeah, you know I'll what? Seen him. Here, I'll tell you something about Kenny Rogers that a lot of people don't know is that he sponsored a lot of junior tennis players in Southern California. There are a lot of people out there right? who have livelihoods because he was paying for their way. And he was great. But when he would come out to the DI, we would hit, have fun, go have a couple of whatevers. And, and it was just a good time. Great singer, too. Great singer, but better human being. But that, that's there's your Kenny Rogers reference there today. But there's more to talk about, guys. Much more. We talked about the VAR a while ago. It's not a great thing unless it benefits you. Then it's a great thing. I don't know what you guys... We know what we think about it, but I don't know if you guys realize the numbers since VAR came into the EPL. Now, check this out. Overall, there have been 31 overturns, one rejected overturn. Those overturns led to 11 goals and disallowed 10. Penalties awarded 10 because two of them they missed, which is fair. Penalties for handball, only five. <laughs> I think we talked about that too. Uh, penalties overturned, two. And then there's a whole bunch of other things, but this is something that was interesting to me is the goals ruled out for offside were eight and corrected goals that were awarded after an incorrect offside were just two. That's a strange thing. But the VAR is only supposed to review. Now we'll go over this one more time before we take a look at some of this. For a goal or a no goal, for a penalty or no penalty, a direct red card, not the second yellow card because you know what, you deserve it by that point. And mistaken identity, meaning if the referee calls the wrong number for a, red, a yellow card or whatever. They don't review any, wild, any yellow cards. Psh, I don't know about that. And then any free kick outside the box, they will not review unless it's a red card offense. It's amazing to me, guys, when I looked at this. Some of these teams have benefited greatly in the EPL from this. The main ones being Everton, which we're going to probably talk about this weekend, and Sheffield. Both of them have plus three are on the positive side of the overturns. Now, their fans probably like it. Do we still want to keep VAR? Do we want to get rid of it, Eric? What do we want to do? Or should it be like something that's universal or universally used? Well, listen, I mean, to put it a bit more into perspective, you gave us you gave us a small capsule of information from, from this year's campaign thus far. Um, if we were to go back to last year, which I believe was the first full year that it was used, there were, there were 109 goals or incidents directly affected by VAR. So 109 total overturns basically is, is what that comes down to. 
And and that's split up in so many different ways. So if we're at, what'd you say, 32 at this point um, of this season? And and we're what, six, seven, seven matches in? We're, we're at a clip that's anticipated to be higher than actually what was last year, if it was 109 total over last year. Uh, last year, there were 27 goals uh, that were impacted by these overturns. Um, there were 22 penalties awarded. Nine of them were missed. Penalties that were overturned in total, seven, uh, one from all sides. I mean, it goes on and on. I mean, they've got it broken down for, for every possible uh, overturn that was issued. But last year, overall, the teams that benefited most from, from the VAR uh, impact was Brighton. They had a plus eight. United had a plus seven. Palace a plus four. Burnley and Newcastle uh, each uh, and uh, Southampton each plus three. Uh, and then there were some teams that were negatively impacted by it. Uh, Sheffield, uh, Wolves both had a minus five and Norwich had a minus seven. So, you know, again, uh, you know, by the end of this year, I think they'll have two full years of, of data to determine, you know, who's benefiting, you know, how many actual overturns there are um, and, and so on. So, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, you, you, you like it when it works for you. You don't like it when it works against you. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, clearly 27 goals, you know, certain teams that most definitely impacted whether they stayed in the league last season, um, where they finished, uh, you know, but, um, yeah, I think we need more time, honestly, to determine really if it if it uh, makes sense to keep or, or, or not. We went through this in a previous uh, podcast that, you know, the percentages of, of uh, effect that uh, VAR has had over just human decision uh, and, and the percentage of accuracy had gone up somewhat. Uh, and I think it came down to like 5%, you know, 3 to 5% was the difference. And again, at the end of the day, that's really, you know, the, the question is, is it, is it worth that? Um, they did make some changes to VAR in the second season. Um, they added the referee review area. Uh, the screen at the side of the pitch, um, which I think is great, somewhat like the NFL. You know, they, they go over and they take a look in the in, in the box. Uh, funny or not, Suarez already received a yellow card for peering in uh, over the referee to try and see what uh, was going on. Um, goalkeeper's encroachment uh, rule uh, on PKs has changed as the player encroachment rules on PKs has changed. Uh, also flags stay down on marginal offsides calls now. Um, so those are really just the, the changes from last year to this year, but I, I can't say that I'm, I'm with it or against it at this point in time. I think we need more, I think we need more data. Well, listen, for me, listen, I've spoke about this numerous times that, what you've got to look at, what what we've got to think about here is the reason VAR was introduced is to make the game more fair and it's done anything but the rules have changed. That that That's the biggest thing. The rules of the game have changed by an organisation, uh, an exterior organisation um, that have come up with some new rules. Some rules are the same. Some rules have been tweaked. When you tweak rules, when you start tweaking rules rather than changing rules, it opens a can of worms. And VAR can VAR will work for you and against you. 
and you know same as penalties and decisions x y and z and you know the 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 cliche is they even themselves out over a season um my biggest my biggest thing here is 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 the offside rule because when Marcus Rashford scored last week his first goal against their Leipzig he was in his own half and the whole of the Leipzig team stopped now why they'd stop is beyond me knowing that another cliche over here is you play to the whistle so as soon as you hear the whistle we stop the game and you know the referee explains why he's, why he's you know blown his whistle or whatever it may be the rule at the moment with offside is the goal so for example Marcus Rashford he ran through on goal everybody else had stopped i mean if there were 75,000 fans in the in the stadium they would have all sat down before he actually put the ball into the back of the net. Now, as soon as the ball goes into the back of the net, if he's offside, the linesman will raise his flag. So it's after the event. Now, in previous seasons, and for the you know, the 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 rest of time, if somebody's offside, the linesman will raise his flag and then you know the decision will be made. Okay, yeah, he's offside. But now with the technology of VAR, he if he'd have raised his flag at that particular moment, as in you know previous seasons, then Marcus Rashford would have stopped the same as eighty odd thousand people in the stadium, not knowing that he's actually onside. So the benefit of the doubt is given to the attacking defensive player. Now, two ways you can look at that. If, if it was me, it puts the element of doubt in your mind that the whole of the Leipzig team had stopped. They'd stopped. Now, Marcus Rashford, fair play to him, carried on. The goal stood and they went to VAR and he was well, well onside, having been in his own half. He's, he's onside, period. So, these, it's, it's the initial decision and, and, and the debate. It's the initial decision. That's why we have linesmen. And what we're going to do, we're going to do away with linesmen. Because they can't make decisions at the moment. They're not, they're not allowed to make decisions. Next, we come to the handball. You know, the handball is changeable. You know, does it, does it prevent a goal-scoring opportunity? Blah, blah, blah. But, well, that was always a rule. But when you fire a ball that's coming straight off the ping of your foot and it hits somebody three yards away from you and it's heading towards the top corner of the goal, the bottom corner of the goal, or wherever it may be, and it hits his hand through no fault of his own, through pure momentum, human body shape, whatever it may be, and you get penalised for that, for me, that is completely wrong. How can you penalise somebody? I mean, we, we, we said it the other week, you know, we, we're, teaching, we're teaching our defenders at the moment to actually put their hands in the pockets when they're in the box. I mean, that's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Goals, goals against all human momentum, motor skill, whatever it may be. You know, there's an art to defending. And when you're defending, you have to use your arms. So your arms equate to penalties. So I agree with what you're saying there, Eric. We're in a grey zone at the moment. You know, there's one rule for one, one rule for the other, you know, and then one rule for the other, one rule for the other guy. Nobody really seems to know how to um, interpret this grey area, which for me pisses a lot of people off because, you know, you might come up against a Manchester City or a Liverpool knowing that you're going to be defending for 
you know, 70% of, of, of the 90 minutes. So, you know, you, 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 you go into your formations and you go into your, this, that and the other of, of, of stopping them playing and getting through into your penalty area, creating chances, X, Y, and Z. With the focus on that, right, well, hang on a second, We've, we, we might have to, you know, we, we might have to defend, you know, really tight or whatever. And you need your arms. And for, for, for people to now start thinking, well, I'm going to say we need to, we need our arms in here, you know, as opposed to well, listen, let's go and defend how we defend. That shouldn't really come into it. That's a technical thing, you know. That really shouldn't come into it. So for me, VAR is uh, the, the can of worms is still brewing for me. I, I'm I've never been a big fan of it. And as I said before, for me, it takes the debate after, you know, the end of the game. Well, I thought I should have been a penalty. I thought I was offside. You know, uh, I thought that, that second tackle should have been his second yellow card. He should have gone off you know x y and z and that's that's what the debate is you know it's going to come to it where all the pundits on tv have got nothing to talk about because everything's done for them by var so for me you know i i do away with it i really would i agree with certain points of it but the the negatives really outweigh the positives for me not into it yeah you know what you guys make great points that whole stopping thing, that came from tennis, by the way, because when you play tennis with, under the Hawkeye system, which is the uh, eye in the sky or wherever the hell it is, fortunately, I never had to deal with it. If you think the ball's out, you just stop. You don't play it back, and then they just check it out on the camera. It is what it is. That's what they get that from, though. They think if they stop... You could win a... Listen, Phil, Phil for me, you could win a game in the 90th... 93rd minute, whatever it may be, and you go and celebrate with your fans. You're off celebrating with your fans. And VAR, these guys who are in a bunker near Heathrow Airport keep saying about this, or wherever they are, whichever competition it is, they, they might spot the, 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 the minuscule of infringements that has no relation to you know the flow of the ball or this, that, and the other. You've just won the game for... You, you've just won the FA Cup or the Champions League for your team. You go and celebrate with your fans. And the ecstasy and the elation and the release that you get from that, only for it to be called back because it's hit somebody's finger. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not having that. I'm not having that. And and I think all these these, these rules will 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 be, become micro rules. I really do, as opposed to major rules, because it's spoiling the game. It's spoiling the game. Everybody knows it. Nobody really wants it. And you know, let's let's just it's it's technology. I mean, do we really need technology in in, in, a, in a competitive sport like this? You know, where one team attacks the other. Do we really need it? It's 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 not for me. It really isn't. You know, in hockey though, in hockey, every time a goal scored, okay, they go off and celebrate, but they still review it because you know little things happen. And I think maybe that would. How be long a- is that? How long is that being? Have they have they grown up with that though? Well, that's been going on for a few years. Um, but well, this is it. Well, well, well VAR, we, we, we don't use VAR at under nines. We don't use VAR at under 18. Well, they don't do you that know, at so, all for junior sports. They don't even hardly have referees. This is, this is, this is the thing. This is the thing. So, you know, it changes your whole tack once you get into, you know, the, 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 the competitive first team levels. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just wrong. But I would say this whole, right. This whole this whole handball thing is really, <laughs> like you said, guys, a major gray area. That's a really major gray area because you've seen players uh, on the attacking side when they get into the opponent's box or final third, or you know, they they when they don't really have a better option or they see an arm sticking out. How many times have you seen an attacking player strike a ball 
at a defender's arm. And now all of a sudden they've got a free kick or a penalty. I mean, it's become it's become part of the game where they realize they can utilize it as an advantage almost uh, when a defender is really just trying to get themselves into position to defend the next action or to get their body shape right. Um, I mean, this this is in all levels of soccer, uh, as Gaz said. But, you know, now even at the youth level, referees are, are, are overly reactive to this whole handball rule. And you've got an arm in a natural position. It could be even up against your chest. Uh, and the ball hits your arm. Now, all of a sudden, the ref's blowing the whistle. And it's a handball. And, it, you know, I mean, to me. But that's, that not, but that's Yeah, but that's not there. That's not the referee's fault. They're following the rules. You're, you're right. I agree. You know, but the, I mean, but the like rules when, when we. Exactly. This is exactly right. When you, you right. know, I watched United PSG the other week. Victor Lindelof, how he managed to stay with Mbappe um, on a certain occasion. He, he's, he's, he's matched him for pace, although he had like 10 yards on him. But he's matched him for pace. As soon as he got in the box, he sprinted using every ounce of his, of his, uh, his stamina, his pace. And he's using his arms. As soon as he gets into the box, his arms go behind his back. Both ha- and his both hands are, are tied together. So you tell me that is no good for the game. Do you, do you understand what I mean? He's done yeah. so well to stop him getting into a goal-scoring position. Then all of a sudden, it puts Lindelof, the defender, any defender, at a disadvantage because he then has to put his arms behind his back. So he's running as if he's handcuffed. Right, and that's that's pathetic, you know. Agreed. That's 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 pathetic. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, you, you've done you've done your job, and now all of a sudden you might concede a handball because your arms in a, are in a natural defensive position, which, you know, I, I don't I, I, like. I said before, I'd be interested to see how how many of these people who are making these rules have actually ever kicked a ball before. Well, that's it. You know what? And that I, that's that's something right there. I, I like what you just said because. That same thing happens in tennis, too, because a lot of these tennis people who run these tennis associations never picked up a racket in their life, and if they did, they weren't very good at it. That's the worst thing is when non-sport people stick their nose in and mess things up. And you're right. It's not the referee's fault. They're just doing what they're told to do by the rules. What they need to do is lighten some of that up and use more common sense with this handball thing because the one day I watched... And they called a handball on this poor guy. And all he did was turn left and the ball hit him in his shoulder. He didn't do anything. I mean, he did what naturally happens. And he didn't touch the ball with his hands. Now, if you catch the damn thing and throw it in the net, this ain't water polo. Take your butt to the bench. Give him a red card and kick him out. That's stupid. But some of these things are just idiocy. And I'm new to the game, really. I've been around around it, but I haven't ever commentated on it too often until we started doing this show. For a guy like me who already thinks this is a hard thing to watch when games end in a draw, and now you you take you penalize a guy for making a natural reaction that had nothing to do with the course of the game, and change the entire game because of that. That's just stupid. I mean, they need to use more common sense when you referee. The other thing they should too, have they should have more people on these panels who de- who decide what the rules are going to be. They need to have people who've played that sport, particular sport. That's full like stop. A, you know they, what? They, that's like know, with all I this mean that COVID should be stuff. common sense, Phil. What's that? That should be common sense. Well, that should ha- be. actually, you know, ha- having somebody on 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 the board on the panel 
when you're deciding how rules are going to go whichever way, you need to have somebody who has actually played that sport when yeah, you're like actually deciding how the rules are going to go. I mean, surely common sense. Common Correct. sense. But it, but it doesn't happen that way. It's like in tennis, too. No, nobody, you know, they talk about this Hawkeye. I prefer they just throw it away. It's a waste of time, to me anyway. But then, you know, whatever. It is what it is. But when I'm watching a game and this kid gets off a freaking, makes a nice move and turns the right way and the ball hits him in the shoulder, he isn't trying to catch the ball with his shoulder. He's not trying to do anything other than just naturally move and, and you give the guy whatever you gave him. That's terrible. I mean, how do you defend in football then if you can't, if if the rules aren't clear or they're ridiculous? How do you defend that way, guys? Well, why don't they put referees in these booths like they do with the NFL? They they every 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 network now has former NFL guys that right. were referees for years doing the well. What do you think about this situation? So why don't they have someone who's seen these scenarios thousands of times in their career, put them in the box, have one of them in 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 you know in in the VAR room, and you know they have they say listen and they can talk to the other referee, the one who's actually officiating the game, and say listen, you know we've seen this a thousand times, you know natural position it shouldn't be called. They so, you know but well, that's what they do. That's what they do. That's, well, that's that, what they that's, do. That's the whole. That's what well, they then, do here. They, have they so, should so, do a so good guys, job. Well, yeah, but the, so the guys who've refereed on a Sunday, on a Saturday, will then become the VAR um, referee, referees. So there's four of them for the Sunday games. Right. I read that somewhere. I think that's right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe I agree with what you're saying. It. Maybe they should have an a, a, a player, an ex-player. That wouldn't be a bad idea the, because. Because you know what? It's all about intent, right? Yeah. Doesn't the handball rule say it's all about intent? Exactly. It's all about intent. Well, that's what it used to be. Is is it intention? I mean, how many times have you seen a goalkeeper come out of his box, the attacker go around the goalkeeper, and there's a defender heading for goal, and the, the ball gets struck, and the defender ends up saving it with his hand? It's happened... I don't know how many times, you know, and the the, the defender may, ends up making a great save. It's a penalty, and he gets sent off. We all saw it. We don't need to spend two minutes going to a TV screen. Do, do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's I that's that's intent. That's intentional. If I can't get, listen, I'd do the same. If I can't get to it with my head, and it's gonna, I'm we, my team are gonna lose a goal. I, you know, whatever period we might be one nil up to, whatever it may be. You know, certain circumstances and scenarios may dictate what decisions you know that particular player will make. But if, if, you know, if we're nil nil and we've got ten minutes left in the game, there's a guaranteed goal. If I don't put my hand out, I'm going to do the same thing. But the referee will see it and he'll make a decision. We don't have to stop the game. It's a penalty. I get sent off and we and, and we carry on. But you know, it's that was intentional. That's exactly what you said. It used to be intentional handball intentional handball now i'm not being listen i'm not being funny common sense people have played the game referees have studied the game they're referees they and everybody else will be able to determine i would hope that if that was intentional or if it wasn't so you if you shoot shoot the ball at me i turn my head i turn my head 
and the ball ends up ricocheting off one of my teammates or one of their teammates and it hits my hand because I'm turning, correct body shape, turning, it hits my hand, stops it going in the goal. That's a penalty now. Not intentional. That's a penalty though nowadays. But that's not a penalty though. It's ridiculous. But it exactly. should, never used to no, be. Right. It's not, it's no, not even normal. That's, that's not even, it's, there's it's, no common sense behind that rule. But the referees have to follow the rules, as well, Eric, do, Eric yes. was saying before. So, you know, where do we go from here? I mean, I think there's going to be serious sit-down discussions at the end of this season, um, you know, as to, to where we go with the discrepancies here and there. And, 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 and yeah, I wouldn't really say the discrepancies. It's, it's, it's common sense. You know, the common sense is being taken away from the game. That was intentional. That wasn't intentional. That's a red card. That's not a red card. That was him. That wasn't him. You understand that was a goal. That wasn't a goal. So I mean, it's it's for me, it's clear cut, and you know that might be my bias having played the game before, you know. But you know, who who are actually making these decisions? Why are we talking about it? Well, that's just it. You know, who makes these decisions? We have to find out. Maybe at the end of the day, it's all about common sense. And, and the most common sense thing that I can suggest for our listeners today is come to cashwithflash.com. Visit the site, and you will win money. You'll win money from the Pro Soccer Weekly team. You'll win money with the Cash with Flash Best Bets team. You'll win from Johnny Sawbucks. You'll win from Preacher's Picks. You'll win from This Week in Tennis. You'll win money every single day at our site. And if we don't win, we actually give you your money back. How about that? That's pretty nice of us. I think it's only fair. Plus, we have a radio network, Cash with Flash Best Bets radio network, where this show is where all our shows are, where you can get This Week in Tennis when we come back and do it. And you can get a great shows all day long. And we'll have a couple new ones coming up very soon. So you got to check us out. Guys, you guys did a fantastic job today. I'm so happy that we got to talk about the VAR. We probably didn't get to our picks, but that's okay because we'll have them for the people on Saturday morning or Friday night, whatever the case may be. Good stuff, guys. Thank you. Great show. That was a great enjoyed show. It. I'll tell you, a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, too. For Eric Laurendini and Gary Lewis, I'm The Flash, and we want to thank you for listening to Pro Soccer Weekly. You too, Scartastic. Well done. You've been listening to Pro Soccer Weekly. Join us in our next installment for all of your pro soccer news on Pro Soccer Weekly. Pro Soccer Weekly. Pro Soccer Weekly.